This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended to constitute gambling advice. Views and opinions expressed are solely those of the commentators and do not reflect the views of Sirius XM or its affiliates, nor do those views or opinions guarantee or increase the likelihood of any outcome. If you choose to engage in any gambling activity, you do so at your own risk. Here's a pitch on the way, a swing and a belt, left field, way back, Blue Jays win it! The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Series XM Sports Bet Primetime, September 20th, and that means October baseball in Toronto is days away. Yes, it is hard to believe it. It's been uh, uh, such a drought of uh, playoff baseball. We had the brief involvement in 2015 and 2016, but let's face it, since 1993, hasn't been a ton to cheer about as Blue Jays fans, but this is the year that we've all been waiting for. This is the one where it's all going to come to fruition. Things are going to change. It's going to be a different end this year. Hope springs eternal, but it's not just the Jays that this time of year that it's obviously that's the focus, but don't forget the Leafs are now. Training camp already started. My beloved Toronto Maple Leafs, after another disappointment uh, in terms of their departure from the playoffs, an annual rite of spring, they're back. Got new goalies ready to. Speaking of Hope Springs Eternal, right, John? And uh, so the Leafs are in camp. They got their first preseason game this week. Doesn't that seem strange? Uh, we're so focused on the boys of summer. So a lot to focus on here in our Toronto City Cast episode number duh, or two. So much happening at this time of year with NFL and everything else that's going on with no shortage of things to talk about, right, John? But we want to be focused on Toronto here. This is the Toronto City Cast. Let's look at the sports, the top sports and sports betting issues that are confronting us all as we dive into this week. Yeah, it is a great time of year, Matt. My only problem is, as I say, it's always a great time of year <laughs> because <guess. laughs> of sports betting. But this is, you know, it, the fall is the golden age. Of, yep. the, of the of the seasons because uh, hockey's just around the corner, basketball, obviously just around the corner, and right in the middle of uh, football season, it's a wonderful time. It is, and it, this is a time where you can sort of uh, blow your brains out watching sports and uh, spending money on attending sports events because there's so much happening at once. But has you, hasn't our mental energy for the most part been uh, taken up by the NFL and of course the stretch drive? Every day we're hanging on every pitch, aren't we? And uh, Poor Jordan Romano. He's had an incredible year. Uh, it, you know, he can't be can't be perfect, right? Like it, that's yep. the reality. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. I just I, yeah. no. I was going to just say like uh, going. Let's that's the that's the we start and and end with Romano giving up the blowing the save to me, right? I'm not crushed by that. That won't be popular opinion. This these things happen, and he needs to have not been perfect at some point. And uh, it's his fifth blown save of the year, and that's that's that seems to be about pretty good ratio. But he was perfect at the Rogers Center, as we've talked about. I'd rather him blow this save here than in the wild card, wild card series. So let's get that out of the way and and and, and go forward. Did you say perfect at the Rogers Center? Yeah. 
So he, had, he, he had not never blown a missed. save at the Rogers Center. Oh, I hadn't heard that. That's interesting. The one stat I read this morning, he has the second highest percentage of converted save opportunities in Blue Jays franchise history mm-hmm. behind only Ken Giles. But Giles was in not in he was in a low leverage situation. The team wasn't in playoff contention and uh, they're certainly not where they are now in terms of expectations for the year and so on. But so not bad, right? So we'll take that. He's an all-star this year. And not to mention he's from the GTA. We can't yeah, say that too many right. times, can we? That's right. Uh, the, the other note I saw about it was, you know, Kirky's still dealing with hip tightness. They're running him out there every day. He's, we sit in the cover off the ball, and uh, Jansen had some health issues. So a lot of Kirky led to some uh, need for some uh, a few days off. And so Jansen's catching Alec Manoa for a change, which he's never done before. It went really well, of course. Another incredible start for Alec Manoa. Uh, but they were pointing out that uh, when uh, Jansen was just pointing out when Romano got into the game for the save opportunity that didn't uh, obviously work out that we wanted from Blue Jay perspective. But he was saying it appeared strategically that the Orioles were just waiting for and sitting on the slider, mm-hmm. which and he and they were very matter of fact and sort of accepting of it. Like you can't control everything. Unfortunately, it'd be nice if we could, but we can't. And if they're going to take that approach and you're going to get beat on that slider with that movement and course the fastball command is his bread and butter with along with that slider but if that's how you're going to lose and they want to play it that way and try and hit that and that's going to be their key to success then so be it not much you can do about that we uh still love the jays heading into i was looking at some of the war leaders for the team i was surprised to see on obviously there's fan graphs war f war if you will and baseball prospectus war but on uh on f war the leaders for the, the leader current leader for the blue jays I was surprised, is one Bo Bichette. Do you know who, have you heard of Bo Bichette? So he, <laughs> I was surprised because of his defensive limitations, right? We heard that at the shortstop position, he was last in defensive run saved or something for all qualified starting shortstops. But obviously his prodigious uh, performance uh, offensively has turned things around. Second was uh, Kevin Gossman is still ahead of in war, uh, ahead of Alec Manoa's third. And then Chappie sitting there because of his, incredible defense and his OPS is is uh actually going uh well this year as well right John yeah no the, the, the other thing about Chapman this was on the on the on the on the broadcast the other day Matt like you know he's got the most home runs on the team at Rogers Center like that's how good he is like we nice. realize how good he is defensively and that's been very important to the team no question but he has he has produced offensively especially in the last 2 to 3 months and he's got the most home runs on the team on that team he's got the most home runs at his home ballpark got to love it and a hitter friendly park right and uh, so not great for the pitchers but uh, it's all factored in and you get the park adjusted statistics these days too the uh, but just looking ahead a little bit they got the tough series the Phillies are not as tough and then they've got uh, plenty of Rays and plenty of some Yankees coming in next week and uh, and then uh, of course more Baltimore right John yeah I mean I, I'm I'm mildly worried about uh, this uh, the Phillies series the Phillies do have some motivation I doubt they're they're gonna get there but uh, um, the the Jays are favored against a pretty good Philly squad tonight Matt and I um, it's a stripling against uh, Kyle Gibson who's been pretty good for the for the Phillies um, you know I mean if I was cold hearted um, and I didn't want the Jays to win from a personal perspective, I'd be on the Phillies tonight. That's hmm. how uh, how worried I am. Again, this we're before lineups, etc. All the stuff that we've gone through on the pod. Got to make sure all the lineups are intact. But I I just think the the Jays have come off some pretty big games here, uh, especially the Tampa series, and um, 
they did take two or three from uh, from Baltimore. So I, I just think they're probably in for a letdown. Uh, these aren't concerning's letdown, concerning letdowns. So just as long as they realize they have to um, bounce back and, and, and peak for, uh, what, about three weeks from now, I guess. Yeah, so I think Gosman starting the next the second game. Uh, Ross Stripling tonight just, yeah, his ERA 294 versus Kyle Gibson, as you mentioned, 4.45. So significant, significant difference there. Whip. 0.99, a sparkling 0.99 for Stripling. Uh, one of the people, including Ross Stripling in the MVP conversation, which is unreal <laughs> for the Blue Jays. Uh, Kyle Gibson at 1.27 CC. Bit of a separation there statistically. Uh, so, yeah, and Kirk, I think, is going to be back in the lineup, which is good after some time off. Uh, Vladdy's on a 12-game hit streak, I think. Looking at some of the, on Bet Rivers, uh, John, looking at some of the props for this game. Mm-hmm. So, Sounds like you are not a huge uh, proponent of putting money on the Blue Jays on the money line or whatever. But props-wise, you can get Bobachet at uh, over half a base, or, or sorry, over half a hit. So if he gets one hit, you can get uh, the over at minus 152. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that seem like something you might want to sort of strike with the irons hot? Obviously, Bo's been tearing it up. Best hitter in baseball uh, since the beginning of September, John. What about that one? Isn't yeah, that that's, interesting? That's kind of interesting, actually. I'm, I'm surprised that that's only... That's a, like a sixty percent chance of getting him getting a hit. You know, that's that's. I mean, he's, he's isn't he gonna gonna get a hit? Like, I mean, those those are those those are the kinds of prop situations one has to look for. You know, how many times has Bo Bichette gone over in the last uh, in the last month? <laughs> right, he's been the hottest Jay. Mm-hmm. That sounds like opportunity for sure. Yeah, and you can get Vladdy. As I said, I think twelve game hit streak he's on. Same thing. If he gets one hit, you can, you can get the over on him at minus one fourteen. Matt Chapman plus one sixty, Alec Baum, and uh, as at minus one twenty five, Bryce Harper plus one hundred eight. I think Castellanos is out, but yeah, some of those hit props can be fun, right, John? Just oh. add a little uh, sauce to uh, taking in uh, what can be a slow moving game, not as uh, or more slow moving now than it's going to be next year once they introduce the pitch clock, which I'm very happy about. But right. uh, yeah, these things just draw your attention and your focus a little more, don't they? No, I mean, listen. In the end, we 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 want our team to win and so on, and, and and one handicaps the game as as a team. But isn't it easier to really just focus in on one player or one pitcher and hope that they go over or under their strikeouts? Like, analyze Bo Bichette, all right? Analyze analyze Stefan Diggs yesterday from the Bills. Could you imagine just looking at how that player is going to do and and realize, okay, all that has to happen is Josh Allen throws him the ball five times and you cash a ticket and he catches the ball, catches a, a, a ticket. Bo Bichette, like you wouldn't have touched him with a 10-foot pole in, in, in June, okay? Even <laughs> later, later than that. Maybe it was like more yeah. like August, yeah. right? In early August. That's right. You would have thought, no way would I, who would, is this guy going to get a hit? In no way now, and he didn't get hits, by the way, back then, Matt, so you could have cashed tickets. In no way do you think he's not going to get a hit any time over the next several days. So, don't tell me, let's say, the next 10 games that he's not going to get seven hits or eight hits out of those t- in, or or hits, pardon me, hits in seven or eight of those games, the next 10 games. So, no, it's it, it's it just, it, you're watching every one of those at-bats. You know, even if you're not watching the whole game, you're watching those at-bats just to sort of say, oh, come on, Bo, you can do it. And, of course, helping the hometown team, too. Exactly. Well put. Uh, Bobachet, you know, I like to always cite these, John, the major league leader. So Bobachet currently second in the American League in hits. Vladdy sixth in the American League in hits. So both sitting second behind Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu is at 172. Bobachet 168. 
You know who's third? Someone named Aaron Judge. Mm. Just behind Bo with 166 hits, six hits this year. So awesome to see. And uh, Vladdy there at sixth, you know, for everybody talking about what a down year he's having and all the discussion around his potential extension and so on. But yeah, so the Jays generally sitting at, you still get him at plus 1,800. You pointed out the plus 2,200 opportunity on Bet Rivers mm-hmm. uh, that was there previously. Plus 1,800's looking better. Just everybody's sort of, hitting on all cylinders when you got like Jansen hitting well, Kirk hitting well, uh, you know, Guriel hopefully coming back from the IL soon, Bateo's hitting relatively well. We talked about Vladdy and Bo. We talked about Chapman. Uh, who else am I leaving? Springer's been hitting well recently. And so these are the kinds of things, that momentum and that optimal peaking performance is, that's the recipe for success. Yep. As you head into meaningful October baseball, uh, we're feeling pretty good about it, I think. Aren't we, John? Uh, do, we want, do, we want to, do we want to empty out the clip for the the um, the first wild card position, Matt. Do we want to get there? Do we want to win every game so we host the host the uh, the, um, the 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 wild card series against? Prob- let's just call it Seattle. Just let's let's play it like it's the it's going to be Houston and the Yankees getting the, that by Cleveland winning the Central, and it's the Blue Jays, Rays, and Mariners. Do we want to play the Indians? At Cleveland in the first round, or Guardians. do we want to play at home against the Mariners? I, that's the, yeah. So I think that's what it comes down to. So, and I espouse the theory that, like, yeah, it'd be great to have the boys in town and be confident, and obviously a rocking, rocking uh, Rogers Center. But, and I think we talked about this off pod, Matt. But I want no part of the Mariners. Okay, I want no part of the Mariners. So, so would I would I travel to Cleveland? And try and win two of the three out of there. I think I would. So it's okay the odd loss here and there, you know. And uh, so that would mean they would fall into the second spot. Tampa, Tampa draws the um, home home game against the Mariners. And then what would it be after that? It would they would end up being, depending on who won the wild card series. They would play the Yankees or Astros. I don't want the I don't want any part of the Astros either. So anywhere they could beat, go to Cleveland and then play the Yankees. And then Houston in the AL Championship Series. I hope we can arrange it something something in that in that manner. Yeah, exactly. How are you going to get past those Astros? Right. So, yeah. but crazy things have happened. The guys get hot at the right time, and our pitching is strong. And so, still feel pretty confident about the depth of the the Blue Jays uh, roster and just their overall power at this point. But you touched on the Bills, John. We want to. Uh, so we're Toronto focused here. We can't just spend all our time on the Blue Jays. So that we could obviously, uh, I could go on about that for hours and. It's fun to talk about. Maybe we'll come back to it. But just we want to talk about the Bills game last night. I had touched on and I said on this show that they have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't bet the house on it. They have an opportunity to go undefeated this year uh, for the first, second regular season. I guess it would be the third time in NFL history that any team has done that. The Dolphins, the Patriots in, what, 2016 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, uh, and the 2022 Buffalo Bills could be third on that list. Obviously dependent contingent on staying healthy and we were talking just before we uh, hit record john about uh, some of the injuries in that game last night uh good ones uh good results uh in terms of the updates today but not fun to watch at the time and those are the types of things that can really change odds pretty quickly from a vegas uh, standpoint right can't they? let's leave the injuries aside just for a minute matt and you 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 saw it i didn't and i don't want to see it from what i understand we're talking about the Dane Jackson injury where he collided with Edmonds, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and, and he's, he's walked out of the hospital was the news this morning. So you're bringing up a really important point. Like 
the Bills need Dane Jackson, and the Bills need Micah Hyde, who also got injured in, later in the game, a neck injury. The Bills need those two guys, right, for their defense. I get how great Allen and, and, and Diggs and everybody was on offense, and they're going to probably score 30, 40 points a game. But they need, they need good quality. You can't lose two key guys out of the secondary like that. And Trey White not being back and not be hurt in the, in the, in the coming weeks. Again, I'm not diminishing what happened with the injury. But, um, and, and I've said this to you and I've said this to many people and I've said this on, on the pod. Say, I am happy that the Bills have wrapped, it, wrapped, that, wrapped the game up in the third quarter yesterday. Diggs and, and, and Von Miller and most importantly, Josh Allen did not see the field in the fourth quarter. Okay, nobody wanted that game over quicker than the two teams on the field. Yeah, do not put Josh Allen in situations where he is not needed to produce. Yeah, and and so that made me happy too. And that's the only thing that slows the team down. And of course, you can't you from a betting perspective, you can't uh, uh, you know sign up on injuries and so on and hope for injuries or or you know beg for an injury not to happen. It's absurd, but. Um, I, I, they're live, and uh, they impressed me a lot yesterday. Uh, I didn't expect a thirty-eight, whatever, thirty-three point blowout, but uh, they were they were very good. And um, onto Miami. We were talking about Tennessee, the team that they destroyed last night, uh, and the game was over at the end of the third quarter. It was such a blowout, to use your term. The, Tennessee was first in the AFC last year. They were the number one seed in the yeah. AFC, and yeah. sure they lost AJ Brown and some of their other receivers and so on. But wow, I mean that that, that was a dominant performance, and not just. It's not just Steph Diggs and Josh Allen, right? It's it's like how about that defense? Like that that reminds me of the eighty five Bears defense mm-hmm. in and I'm gonna tell you what I mean. In terms of when they're on the field, it's almost like they're attacking. <laughs> the offense is just trying to survive and they're the uh you know, they're 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 the ones making the action they're dictating what goes on in the field and it's like a bunch of weapons they're firing on defense as opposed to the offense that's firing their weapons and it's fun to watch when that's the case and uh I don't know. What do you think of that comment, John? Do you agree with that? Is that what you see when you're watching? Matt, uh, you, you, you took the words out of my mouth. When you see Edmonds out on the, on the, on the field, okay, right, especially when they show the shot of um, behind the quarterback towards the defense, Edmonds looks like a monster out there. Which he's he is. This, <laughs> right. He's this great big yeah. guy that's saying like, yeah, come this way if yeah. you want to get hurt. All right, kind of thing. Like the guys, the guys just huge out there. Yeah, and Russo is uh, speaking of huge. What is he yeah. six seven or something? Yeah. And then yeah. how about Von Miller's there? And you know Matt Milano's flying everywhere and getting picks and ripping guys in half. And uh, and then you got your Pro Bowl back end right with Poyer when uh, Trey White when he comes back yeah. and Micah Hyde. Hopefully his neck's okay and yeah. hopefully Dean Jackson will be back and Kyrie Alam and uh, just so when that defense is on the field, you don't change the channel like you often do if you're when your team's on defense but they're fun to watch and they make things happen and they're very uh you know the catalyst for that team generally it's not just the but then you and then it's like okay let's look back this is why you say they could be undefeated and then you turn back to the offense does josh allen make it look easy yeah more than anybody you can remember in recent history maybe maybe uh in kansas city patty mahomes but otherwise like it it's okay it's fourth and four like whatever there we go okay we got it so like it's not it's less of a decision-making process when it's fourth and short. Like, of course we're going. Why wouldn't we? It's easy. Of course we're going to get it, right? Like, <laughs> And the the best part is, like, you notice a bad play, too. Like, if you sort of say, oh, that wasn't very good play. 
we start to notice that now because there are so many good plays. Right. There's, there's so many non bad plays. You know? yeah. So um, now, if we want to, if we want to pump the brakes just for something, just for for the sake of discussion, okay? You know the Titans aren't much, do you, Matt? Okay, they're like who are the best players? Let's I know that now. Let me interrupt you briefly. Yep. I know that now. They were like ninth in yep. power rankings heading into that game. No, yep. I think I, I think we said like for some reason they're ninth. But mm-hmm. anyway, well, it's because of last year, right? And they haven't had that much change since last year. But go ahead. But their best players. Okay, let's go through their best players just briefly, just to just to sort of like I said, listen. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to play Tuesday morning quarterback here, but like Ryan Tannehill's average. Derrick Henry's not himself. <laughs> You know who their best receiver is, Matt? Robert Woods. Like, what is this? 2015? You know, like, like this is this. Austin Hooper is their tight end. You know, it, it, and and the offensive line they lost that good uh, Taylor Lewan early, which which didn't help. But they're they're not much. So, anyways, not t- trying to diminish the bill. Well, I guess I kind of am. I'm just trying to say say, wait a minute. Who have the Bills really smoked? Yeah, they smoked the number one seed in the AFC last year and the Super Bowl champion. Right. But are they that good? We'll yeah. find out. You know what? It, it, yeah. it segues nicely into the conversation for um, this weekend because uh, they draw a first-place bloodbath against the uh, the the also 2-0 and Miami Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do you say bloodbath? Yeah, <laughs> just to try to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you think it's going to be a real throwdown? I think I, – I like um, – yeah, I, I think I think people have to be impressed with the way Miami came back. Now, I, I wonder if Baltimore was just fell, fell asleep at the wheel yesterday, you know, or a Monday, a Sunday rather. Like, I don't think the, I don't think the Patriots are much, which was a surprise to me. So the Dolphins winning that game, so what? But Baltimore, did they really? Were they really up twenty eight three and lose? The, the Ravens against the Dolphins history. Where yeah. did Tua come up with six touchdown passes? <laughs> what the, what what happened? So which what team is that team, right? So um, and uh, we'll find out. Uh, this will be a nice uh, um, you know acid test on on the Dolphins. And um, you know if they hang with the Bills or beat the Bills, that they're they're forced to be reckoned with. If the Bills go out and win, you know a twenty eight ten whatever, then uh, we know we know. Uh, Maybe we, we we certainly will know about the Bills, and we know about the Bills, but uh, what do we know about the Dolphins? And are they, are they that good? We talked about, so just briefly, Tennessee, 12-5 and five last year, number one seed. Mike Vrabel, uh, reigning coach of the year, absolutely got blown out with no difficulty by the Bills last year. But, yes, on to the, the Dolphins, John. So uh, we pounded the table about Jalen Waddell and the year he was going to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously got that uh, game-winning touchdown at the end from Tua. We also were emphatic about this was – the make or break year for Tua. We tanking for Tua. The <laughs> team is horrible for years. Past couple of years, they made the playoffs. You know, he he was he he was uh, a giant in terms of college football quarterbacks and being generational talents. That you know they're tanking the team to try and get him right. And so it's been years in the making and waiting. Everybody's been waiting for it to turn the corner. And I don't think I'm alone in saying like I think he turned the corner last weekend. Who knows? Might go yeah. back in the other direction. But that is what everyone has been waiting for. And so. Tyreek Hill has the best work ethic in 20 years in the NFL. People think he just started. Have you seen that guy's physical condition? And he's a weapon that changes your defensive strategy when he's on the field. And how that opens things up for Waddle, how that makes uh, things so much easier for Tua and the rest of that offense. And uh, it, you know that this game against the Bills, we were talking before we got. I said, I wonder what the early line is. And uh, 
Yeah, I, do, so, I, I don't. I don't. I didn't look. Yeah. Okay. Go, Matt. <laughs> but my my guess, uh, without having looked, uh, and, and without sort of doing my math based on my yeah. power rankings that I have that I've talked about many times, um, I would guess off the top of my head right now. I'm gonna. You want to do a drum roll, John? I'm gonna say. <laughs> where's the game? It's in, in Miami. Yeah. It, um, I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, Jill uh, Bills minus four and a half. Pretty close. Pretty close. It's um, just consensus about minus five and a half. Not bad. So it's pretty good. It's sort of interesting though that you uh, jump on of, that five and a half. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you lean lean towards Miami. You yeah. know that's uh, just again you didn't have a chance to research or so on. This is meant to be entertaining, right? And yeah. Just say, hey, what does somebody think about the Bills and and, and Miami and you know um, just cold just watching uh, watching things. Obviously, you got to do some research and and figure it all out. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's 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 an, an it's a critical game. Uh, I just want to make one point about uh, Tyreek Hill, Matt, and that is, do you know you you talk about the work ethic and how important he is to the Dolphins? You know, he's the fastest player in the league. Yes, too. on the field. Yes. Um, excuse me. He's the, got a great work ethic and he's really fast. And and like in this, he was this way in Kansas City. He's always open it doesn't matter who's guarding him he has to have two people two people defending him he is he's open just got to throw the ball up so if Tua stays consistent they're going to be a force to reckon with for the bills i i think there's i don't think there's any question about it so this weekend i don't know um that it just it'll it'll be interesting it, it is an acid test it's hard to see the bills have somebody compete against them right now but if anybody's going to do it in this current context, in this current form, it might be the Dolphins, and uh, because you'd think if they were favored, like literally, what if you call two, two and a half points, three points is the home field advantage? Mm-hmm. Do the Bills sound like they would be a 10, 11, 12 point favorite at home against the Dolphins? I mean, that's what it would be. That's the same application. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like does, that does. Does it, do the Bills look ten and twelve points ahead of the um, at uh, you know uh, better than the? Than the Dolphins at home. Just good question. You know, I, yeah, what would you have it at? I wouldn't. You you would put it at that. I, I, I no, I would. I, I would. I put it like seven. But yeah, um, or eight maybe. I would say. Yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, it might it might rise. Yeah. It might rise. I think it's um, you know, uh, but I'm not going to play the game. I, I I don't think I I I'm 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 much bigger believer in the Bills than I am the Dolphins. The Dolphins, to me, like I look at their roster, like. Who do they really have? Mm-hmm, Tyreek, other again. than the, <laughs> yeah. the tools we mentioned, right? Yeah, yeah. Waddle. Okay, I'm. I can. I'm allowed to sort of question Tua up until the three minute mark of the of the fourth quarter. <laughs> you know what I mean? This game, they would have been ten against the the Dolphins if uh, if if they didn't come back. If it ended up being a thirty five to three Baltimore win, which line, it wasn't, I get it. The line for the Bills game would have been yeah. Yeah. Right. So and Gaisecki is okay and so on. What what the, this is a very average uh, average um, uh, offensive line. So um, and the defense looks like it's solid, but I mean against the Bills, who's <laughs> going to look solid against the Bills? So I have I have the line more like seven, but um, but uh, you know it's at five and a half, and uh, and I'm actually, my guess is that it's going to rise. And oh, this is one point, Matt. I think I think it's important that to watch this line. It's sort of in a dead space, five and a half, like. What what who wins by five points in the in the in the NFL these days? Hmm. So if you see the line rise to seven, I think you might have an answer, and maybe you jump on that line hoping that it goes to seven rather than laying five and a half. 
If it goes the other way or something, uh, they end up being four, maybe have a clue there that the Dolphins are being well thought of by those that can move markets. Defensive rankings. Let's, let's just. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Talking about the line uh, construction. So, defensive rankings f- coming into the year are currently uh, based on PFF and ESPN FPI. Baltimore was sitting at eight ahead of last week. Tua put up 469 yards and six touchdowns, as we talked about. 469, John, uh, and six TDs. What was it? 42 points. Uh, Tyree Kill 11 <laughs> receptions for 190 yards and two touchdowns. So. So the the fuel is there, uh, but yeah, it, so it's, it's, it should be an interesting match. And I think when is this game? What time is it taking place? I assume it's, it's one o'clock on Sunday. They're not going to move it to the Sunday night game or yeah, whatever. No, but no, it's too early for that that stuff. I think. Yeah. It's, um, uh, so I'm tuning in. I don't know about you. I yeah. think a lot of uh, this is going to be a uh, very closely watched game. It feels like an important one early in the year. Would it seem like kind of a moral victory just for the Dolphins to? To compete right. with the Bills at this point, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's how that's how I'm taking. It. I'm I'm viewing it as, as as this is the acid test for the Dolphins. I really do. I'm not even saying, oh, but the Bills are so much better than everybody else. You know, well, you can view that. Yes, confirm at one o'clock on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I, I I actually think that I think a lot of people might look at it this way. And it's Tuesday before the week and so on. But you mean like Buffalo is blown out too. Imp- relatively important teams, two legacy teams from last year. Um, Miami's the new kids on the block. They're rising up. Are they, who's, who's going to, are they going to challenge the bills or are they going to, are they going to, you know, scurry away? We'll find out. See the, uh, just while we're talking, maybe last thing for me on this, John. So on the FPI, which I like because it's more predictive going forward, it's not uh, looking at, it doesn't get too narrowly focused on uh, sort of last week's games or what a uh, week to week thing. So it's still got the box number one minus Monk, Mike Evans even for this week. Uh, just you were mentioning, you saw they signed uh, Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. Packers number two ahead of the Bills, kind of surprising. Interesting. Yeah, uh, getting healthy. Lazard was back. Uh, Jenkins is back. Bakhtiari is still out, but looks like his return is imminent. So we still like the Packs, and they looked super strong on defense last week. Bills, we just gushed about. Bengals, they've got fourth still. And that's surprising. Uh, well, that, 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 that speaks to, you know, not overreacting to a week to week. And then last point here, John Ravens sitting sixth still and uh, Dolphins up to 10th. So any reaction to any of that, John? Yeah. Kind of surprising. Can you give me the bottom? Two, if you've got a quick <laughs> access to the bottom third of two, three teams, Matt? Just so yeah, you sure. Sense. I'll, I'll, t- I'll well, tell you, you know what, who I, they are. what I think. You'll, you know two of the three. Who do you think S- they're? Like somebody like Seattle. Yeah. Their last. Uh, how about uh, Justin Fields looked awful Bears, for the Bears. Bears I watched yeah. that, some of that game. He looks okay. terrible. Yeah, like he's he does not have what it takes. Right. I, I actually agree with that. I, I mean, I hate to hate to say that because the the Bears. I, I I don't think I think they're both really bad teams. I think Seattle's really bad. I really do. I, get the I, Cowboys next. Like the third last in the NFL. So I think this is interesting. Below the Texans. No, no, you, you you're bringing up a really important point for 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 us, and I think the listeners a little bit. This ESPN uh, metric is meant to be predictive. It's not meant to look back and say, "Oh yeah, this is the best team." It's it's meant to be a statistic or or overall metric on how a team might go do going forward. And I think the reason why Bills are not at the top of that list is because they're already priced to the moon. They're already sort of looked at as being, oh my God, I'm just going to look at the bills. They're so good. I'm just going to bet the bills. It doesn't matter the point spread to lots of people. But I think their point spread is going to be so high that they might lose uh, a couple of point spread games 
because they're that 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 point spread is so high. You know, going back to the conversation about them being ten or twelve point favorites at home to Miami. So that's why they the fact that they got the Bengals only uh, uh, the Bengals in fourth still means they really like the Bengals going forward. Their price is depressed because they frankly lost two games, two tight games, last last kick uh, situations, of course. Yeah. And 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 so they're going to be fine going forward as per this this predictive uh, predictive stat. Everybody's throwing dirt on the Cowboys and they end up beating the uh, Super Bowl, uh, you know, the, the Super Bowl participant uh, Bengals. People crushing the uh, Bengals for not fixing their O-line problems. There's a statistic that they they shared last night during the game. They were talking about uh, the uh, uh, Jalen Hurts uh, for the and just they have a measure of your average length of time that you hold on to the ball mm-hmm. before you get rid of it I don't know does that factor into how often you get sacked like sure you can point to Burrow's numbers and say oh he's getting sacked and why didn't they fix the O-line and this is terrible and it's a mess and he's a great quarterback and but that's part of it like hold on is he, is he getting rid of the ball as quickly as some other guys and is it out of his hand and how does that affect the rush and of course, that's going to impact the quality and the effectiveness of the rush when you're the ball's out of your hand in one second and you're doing two-step drops or one-step drops or no drop, you know, or, you know, a three-step drop and bang, it's gone. The guys are barely out of their stance and the ball's out of your hand. So is that going to reduce the number of times? So Josh Allen, does he hold on to the ball a long time? He and he's incredibly mobile when he yep. when he doesn't, right? So when he does, he, he can, you know, get out of pressure. So that's part of it. You can't just lay it all at the feet of the management of the uh, Bengals and uh, their O-line. It's also... Uh, Joe Burrow, but yeah, the Cowboys bouncing back. Cooper Rush, statistically, people were crushing him on Pro Football Focus, and in particular, were saying it was just he was the dead last ranked quarterback heading into the week, and he looked like is not much performance wise. Vis a vis Dak, he looked just fine to me. Mm-hmm. No, there's two two points I want to make, Matt, and, uh, about Cooper Rush. Like the line that the fact that the line was seven, seven, eight points that the Bengals were seven or eight points better. Like, come on a second. Just wait a second. You know? <laughs> I, I took it too. Right? Yeah, so, I was wrong. So, no, no, it's it's not even meant to highlight that, Matt, certainly. But wait a minute here. Cooper Cup, uh, Cooper, Cooper Cup, no, if only Cooper Cup, Cooper Rush, all right? Like, what would the line have been with Dak in the lineup? And if you look at some of those statistics or some of the, some of the, some of the, um, Traders opinions, they would have been something like a two or three point favorite. The Cowboys would have been a two or three point favorite if Dak would have played. Now, this is this is without any other detail in terms of who they played in the first game, etc. Obviously. Okay. Don't tell me that Dak is worth nine or ten points more than Cooper Rush. That's crazy. No, okay. Ridiculous. Like Cooper Especially Rush the way he's is, been playing lately. Right? Like, not at all. He's not the same. Right. He's not the same guy. Four, five points, whatever. Okay, the the Bengals deserve to be favored. They did. They could have been a three point favorite, four point favorite, something very, very mild, and so on. So I think I think it's important to look at those kinds of situations and sort of say everybody went hysterical. Dax out, Dax out, Dax out. Crush the Cowboys, yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, these quarterbacks, and you've said this before, Matt. These these are professional football players. Okay, they're really, really, really elite. Okay, the sliver difference between a backup and a and a and a starter is is a sliver. Okay, so um, now now that all said, the fact that ESPN has them so far down is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It means they don't think much of them going forward. Talk about the Cowboys, yeah, yeah, yep. 
Where's the Chargers on the list, Matt? Is it is it too far too far for you to check on? Uh, no, it's right here. Check it? uh, they're towards the top, as they should be. Let's see here. They're like number eight. Okay, so that's not yeah. so bad. They feel good about Herbert, right? Herbert is coming back. If 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 they if somehow Herbert's out for the season, which he's not going to be, he's just he's just got a little rib problem. <laughs> he's going to play this rib. week. Yeah, he's going to play this week. So so I just I think that's a bullish sign on the Chargers. So this this metric is really really interesting to me, and uh, it shows that where they think teams are going to be. The Bills are still good, but it's not because of these last two games are going to be good. And the reason why they're not at the top is because um, they might be priced out of a market. That's why I'm bullish, still bullish on the Bengals and still be bullish on the, the Chargers, as you are. Yeah, good stuff. All right, and we like the uh, the Bears. We're going to talk about a lot of NFL stuff on Friday so we can get deeper yeah, on yeah. some of this Look stuff. Yeah, going into NFL. We'll update. Well, it's all right. The Bills is good. That's all part of it. Yeah. And a big year for the Bills, so we it's okay to spend yeah. some time. Uh, and we'll get all your picks and uh, fantasy and everything else on Friday. So, uh, we wanted to uh, just move, uh, just briefly at least, yep. to touch on the opening of Leafs camp. Can you believe it? It's here. Uh, and so they are down at the what used to be the MasterCard Center. They changed the name, but they're down there banging away. Most of the usual suspects are still still in the house, of course. And Leafs were favorites throughout the year. Last year, just looking at on oddshark.com, so heading into the year this year, of course the big change for them uh, at the um, – we'll get your comments on – the odds, John, but the big change for them, as I mentioned in the opening, is in goal. So uh, another playoff quick departure last year. No no playoff series win again, as the usual right of spring, as we say. Mm. Got rid of They completely burned it down and rebuilding it from the ground up, John. Overhauled both goalies, replaced uh, Jack Campbell, walked, and Peter Mrazek traded to Chicago. Replacing them are Matt Murray, mm. uh, injury-prone Matt Murray, and Ilya Samsonov, or Samsonov. You say Samsonov, I say Samsonov. Two young goalies. Sounds like they're going to be given a chance. Kyle Dubas uh, to, uh, I say Kyle Dubas. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, two young goalies coming to Toronto with their values pretty low. So he sounds like he's going to give them the chance. And the, the organization's message is mm-hmm. hopefully one of these guys will sort of take it and run with it, take the opportunity, seize the opportunity, and establish, establish themselves as a number one. The Lanch, understandably, are the shortest odds currently at plus 400, but the Leafs sitting there in second at the, what I'm looking at here yep. at uh, plus 850, followed by the Panthers, Canes, and our favorite, the Lightning, in fifth place. But what are your thoughts? Any preliminary thoughts on the Leafs, John? And uh, I can't believe they have a preseason game this Saturday. Seems so quick. It's still summer today, uh, September 20th, last day of summer. Um, but uh, here it is. It's firing up. Yeah, we won't go into a deep dive, of course, yet, Matt, but uh, they are the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Like, think of it through that perspective, saying, like, uh, I mean, raw, raw Leafs all day in this in this space, both of us, okay? We get it, all right? But can they be the favorite? Can they really be the favorite? And and, and really substantial favorite to me, okay? And this is just one of, the, one of the sites, Pinnacle, okay, which is coming into Ontario soon. But they're, they're, they're seven to two, approximately, to win the NHL Eastern Conference. The delta between them and Tampa, Florida, and Carolina, who are all in the neighborhood of 11 to 2, plus 560 in that neighborhood, is a deep one. Like, to me, they're telling us there only four teams can really win the Eastern Conference, and one of them are the Leafs, with Tampa, Florida, and Carolina, and those sort of good teams. I, I mean, yeah... I, I, we'll do obviously deeper dives as the as the as the weeks go by uh, for the Leafs, but I mean 
there's going to be more and more pressure on them as the as the as the as the as the weeks go by because they have been they're very well regarded. They're trying to be they're trying to buck this history of a first round first round failure. And a lot of people, a lot of smart sports people think they can do it. And they're they're pricing it that way. That's not for me. I'm not going to be I'm not going to play the play the uh, play the play the Leafs at plus 357 to to win mm. the Eastern Conference and and plus 9 and 9 to 1 to win the win the when the when the uh win the Stanley Cup. Not with Ilya Samsonov and Samsonov or <laughs> or Matt Murray to um to carry them. I I got to be seen. I, it's got to be seen first. Okay, let me hit you with this. NHL Hart Trophy odds. Yeah. McJesus opens as early favorite. Connor McDavid, referring to him here as McJesus, John. Do you think okay. that's uh, like blasphemous? That. Like so that. he's uh, sur- surprising no one. He's sitting at the shortest odds at plus 275, followed by a bit of a more of a separation considering Austin Matthews is the current defending uh, or the current Hart Trophy mm-hmm. uh, owner, recipient, yep. Yep. at plus 425. So the big separation there, a little bit uh, disrespectful almost. Dry sidle third. The board I'm looking at at plus 850. Nate McKinnon and Kale McCarr uh, round up the top five here. But Austin Matthews plus one. He's got all his line mates coming back. The core of the team's coming back. He's uh, We've talked about all of his scoring and the rate of scoring. And he, he, since he's drafted, he leads the NHL in goals scored uh, overall for the cumulatively over the years he's been in the league. Uh, so what else can you say about the guy, right? He seems well positioned to uh, fight for another Hart Trophy, don't you think? Yeah, no, he's, he's to me he's the best player in the league. I mean, McDavid at five to two, he's he, he's that's ridiculous. Okay, you know, it's going to be the same situation in Edmonton. They're going to do well for a few months here and there, and then they're going to crash, and 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 you know they won't get to where they want to get to. Um, now, I'm trying to be a little hot takeish there, Matt. Because everybody's going to say that they're going to win the Stanley Cup, all right? They're probably sixth or eighth in my my personal power rankings of 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 the um, of the of the league. Maybe second or third on the list of um, Canadian teams, but um, no, no. I uh, I mean I I'm, I'm I mean Matthews is only only going to get better. And, um, and, and, you know, he's going to shine, hopefully, in the latter part of the season this time around. Not Which, that he didn't shine the latter part of other seasons, but, you know. You know yeah, let's see a deeper uh, march through the playoffs. There's a note here, John, on uh, OddsTrack also referring to odds that you can find at the online sportsbook Bodog about Austin Matthews' next team odds. So mm-hmm. they have odds for who he's going to play for. So he's got two years remaining on his contract with the Leafs, 24 years old. As I mentioned, put up 60 goals uh, this past year. Uh, first American and the first Maple Leaf ever to do that. Uh, so why are they talking about him leaving? I guess they're looking at sort of the Kachucks and Gaudreaux of the world to leave Canada to greener pastures or just to a place that's more attractive to them to play. Uh, in terms of speculating where he might go, the odds. So this is actual odds. You can place this bet. Thankfully for us Leaf fans here in Toronto, they're, uh, the Leafs are first that you can get at minus 1,000. <laughs> Second, not surprisingly, the Arizona Coyotes, him being from Arizona and Florida Panthers because there's no tax in Florida. Why wouldn't you want to live in Florida? Followed by Dallas, uh, another southern team, and uh, the Lightning. If he goes to the Lightning, will we all be suicidal as a fan base, John? <laughs> I think uh, he's coming well, in here six times a year and kicking the Leafs around. Yeah, that's right. I think how I think, awful would it be? Yeah, I think Bodog is a is a pretty entertaining uh, sports betting outlet that uh, that does those kinds of things, probably more for attention. 
and uh, they got some of ours. And uh, I think I th- you know I mean, he's not going anywhere for a long time. And uh, and, you know, and and if you want to, their their max is probably a thousand dollars or maybe a hundred dollars to win a dollar, ten dollars, whatever. So I, I uh, but but um, so they yeah. cap the you can't uh, bet the farm on that. Right, right. They're just they're just they're just having fun saying what are you, these are these guys crazy. Of course, what Austin Matthews is going to play for the Leafs this year and. How much can I put down on it? Well, if you're willing to put in two thousand dollars into their account, yeah. they're happy to give you your twenty bucks. Okay, you know, so uh, right. That's and that's the. I think that's the perspective one should have. All right, good times, but uh, we're feeling good about the Leafs generally. And uh, before you know it, we'll be talking about the Raptors camp opening, John. And we talked about the Jays obviously heading down the stretch into October and. Bills are on top of the NFL yep. virtually, good arguably. Yeah, yeah. Good uh, time to be a Toronto sports fan, Matt. Really is. It's, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Leafs. You know, it's uh, the camp, camp, camp gets underway, and and we'll talk plenty about them in the in the future. But right now, I think we've got to worry about the Bills and the Blue Jays right now as being uh, as being uh, at the top of our lists uh, for for you know, first of all, you know, review of betting, and second of all, as fandom and. Uh, and uh, it's hard not to get excited about the Bills at, uh, for this coming season, for this continuing this season. Yeah, and uh, some of that public money that pouring into the Bills at this point, John, right? Creates some opportunities, doesn't it? Oh, my God. Let me just say, like, what would it be, Matt? Would they, did they take a late hit here? Oh, down to 4-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Oof. <laughs> no, <laughs> Understandable. And, and uh, Friday That's we'll talk a little though. bit more about, uh, you know, we, we, we discussed bounce back from week one to week two and we saw some we saw some value out there right who's who's going to bounce back and do do something in uh, in um in week two and, and and be reflective of their super bowl odds packers specifically yeah it's a long year it's only two games in we got 15 to go it's a lot of fun exciting week last week some crazy odds uh, that horrible browns loss to the jets and so on uh, it was the worst loss in 20 years or something statistically they were at 99.9 percent to lose at one point in the game and uh, they came back and won the jets did so j-e-t-s all right we're done for now john we're up against the clock remember everyone bet responsibly have fun with it that's what we're here for uh, we are back at you later in the week with the nfl betcast live on friday to tee you up for a weekend of football but we're out for now john Wonderful. peace thanks man